Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Uh, and now, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the uh, beginnings of Japan's war in the Pacific and Southeast Asia. Now, in the past, you might have heard me refer to uh, Japan 1941 by Eri Hotter, which is a really good book, a very insightful study of Japanese decision-making in the run-up to Pearl Harbor. But one point that Eri Hotter and a number of academics on the subject make is that, by and large, unlike Germany, when uh, the German people heard of the news of Hitler's invasion of Poland in 1939, where there was widespread worry and apathy, in 1941... There was quite a broad feeling of enthusiasm for um, Japan's war in the Pacific uh, and particularly the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. Why? Well, there had been several years of uh, economic crisis in Japan, particularly uh, from uh, American uh, oil and uh, scrap metal embargoes uh, and other sanctions uh, following uh, that had been ongoing for at least 12 months. And the uh, overall sense that Japanese writers and correspondents have of the big cities, uh, Tokyo, uh, Nagasaki and Yokohama, these, these kinds of places, was that um, the Japanese people were uh, becoming tired and hungry uh, and that uh, breaking out of this stranglehold on Japan was uh, was vital. Now, looking at history from a Japanese perspective, confrontation with European powers or the United States of America um, had been a possibility since perhaps the 1860s. Uh, the uh, 1840s to the 1860s had seen uh, much of uh, Asia fall 
under European control, and only the Meiji Restoration and the swift modernization of Japan seem to have saved Japan from that fate. And so uh, it, it came as little surprise that after a brief period of cooperation from 1902 to the, the 1920s with uh, Britain, uh, France, and, and then later America, uh, that this should suddenly um, be uh, come to an end and a, a more natural state of affairs of uh, hostility and a sense of siege um, so the 1930s and 40s should ensue. If you add to this some complicated um, nationalist and imperialist uh, and yet sort of anti-imperialist politics um, that saw... Uh, Japan as the, the shining light of Asia uh, that would liberate the rest of Asia from Europeans and create uh, a kind of commonwealth of Asian nations led by Japan um, where Japan would show the way. Japan had was proud of its ability to have been uh, avoided colonisation, to resist colonisation and could um, lead the way for um, the the rest of Asia, kind of like a pan-Asian um, anti-colonialism. Um, that was the kind of the, the liberal strand of thought, but it was combined with um, a more militarist, toxic uh, and uh, chauvinistic imperialism, which sought simply to replace European colonisers with an even more predatory and violent uh, Japanese version. These are the ingredients that by late 1941 mean that um, a, a powerful factor in, the, in making war inevitable was there, i.e. broad public consent for, for conflict. So Max Hastings writes, Many Japanese welcomed the war, which they believed offered their country its only honourable escape from beleaguerment. Novelist Osamu Dazai, for instance, was itching to beat up the bestial, insensitive Americans to a pulp. But it would be mistaken to imagine Osamu's society as a monolith. Lieutenant General Kuribashi Tadamichi, who spent two years in the United States, wrote to his wife, asserting his strong opposition to challenging so mighty a foe on the battlefield. Its industrial potential is huge, and its people are energetic and versatile. One must never underestimate the Americans' fighting ability. 18-year-old Hachiro Sasaki mused his diary, how many really died tragic deaths in this war? I am sure that there are more comical deaths under the disguise of tragic deaths. Comical deaths involve no joy of life, but are filled with agony without any meaning or value. Hachiro, at an early stage, resigned himself to his own extinction and volunteered as a pilot with an almost explicit determination to satisfy fate, as indeed he did. His disdain for Japanese militarists never faded. He persuaded his younger brother to become a science student with immunity from conscription so that he, at least, might survive. The core motivation of Japan's war uh, against European powers in uh, Asia and the Pacific, however, can be understood when you look at the, uh, the title for the plan that the Japanese um, high command drew up. Uh, in the middle of 1941. It's called the Operational Plan for Ending the War with the US, Britain, the Netherlands and Chiang Kai-shek. Now, at this point, Japan is only at war with one of those powers, Chiang Kai-shek, or nationalist China. And 
the the main objective was to seize the resources of Southeast Asia and the Pacific to finally uh, marshal them in order to uh, break the the power of the nationalists and the communists in China and end the Chinese war. The Chinese war, much like Hitler's war in Russia, would either be won successfully and create a, a vast empire in China, or it would draw uh, Japan in and grind Japan down. Japan, like Germany, uh, a militaristic nation that had few minimal resources of its own, couldn't sustain long campaigns. And one of the, the key realisations of the Allied powers, powers during the war was that they could outlast their enemies. The plan relied on waiting for a good opportunity in the European war, um, so perhaps the fall of Britain um, and the uh, victorious uh, the, the victory of Hitler in the Soviet Union, um, and using this opportunity um, to seize Hong Kong, Malaya, Singapore, Burma, um, the Philippines, and the Dutch East Indies, and wage war uh, across the Pacific, destroying American naval power in uh, a series of set-piece battles. India was uh, a, a, a big question in the minds of Japanese military planners. It seems that the most likely strategy was to um, train the Indian National Army under Subhas Chandra Bose. Now, if you haven't learned about Bose before, there's a podcast, isn't it? must be three years ago now. Um, and using uh, nationalist anti-British forces, marching them back into India, um, defeat the British will wage a long enough campaign to incite a, a revolution or an uprising against the British. Uh, if this coincided with um, the loss of the Suez Canal, uh, the Germans in North Africa seizing it, then the chances of hanging on to India would be almost nil, and that would be the end of British power uh, in Asia. Much has been said over the years about uh, Japanese policy towards Australia. It seems more and more likely a consensus, uh, mainly of Australian military historians, now seem to be more and more certain that Japan had few, few plans to land an army in Australia. Perhaps the, the, the sheer size of Australia uh, made that impossible. But the Japanese did look on Australia as being strategically very, very important. What the Japanese were aware of was that Australia could um, act as a huge uh, marshalling yard for American forces to take back Asia, much as um, Britain uh, was a staging post for an invasion of mainland Europe. And therefore, instead of pouring um, hundreds of thousands of troops into Australia and trying to control an all, uh, a continent too vast to even conceive of uh, controlling, what the Japanese uh, chose to do instead was to seize the islands on the sea routes to Australia uh, that uh, were, they could build air bases on and submarine bases on and cut off the sea lanes, thus surrounding and strangling Australia into some kind of submission or making it um, almost impossible uh, to land a significant force of troops there. 
And this is why so much fighting would be done in New Guinea, in the Marshall Islands and the Solomon Islands, um, to which we will come in the not-too-distant future. When Emperor Hirohito studied the plan, uh, he said, I understand you are going to do Hong Kong after Malaya starts, but what about the foreign concessions in China? Hirohito was assured that European properties would also be seized. Um, the government in Tokyo uh, was disappointed uh, in its hopes of delaying a declaration of war until Germany's victory in the West was complete. Obviously, Germany's victory in the West never fully comes. There was the uh, belief that Britain would uh, indeed collapse, uh, and that uh, becomes uh, a, an impossibility after the uh, success of the, the Battle of Britain in uh, 19, the summer of 1940. And it's, this miscalculation was uh, typical of Japan, the, the rigidity of the thinking of uh, Japan's generals and the uh, inability to read uh, correctly uh, British intentions uh, and the course of events in Europe in general. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, Admiral uh, Isoku uh, Yamamoto, the naval commander-in-chief, um, assumed uh, that the Americans would be no pushover. Yamamoto deviated from a very popular idea in Japan uh, that uh, American society had become corrupted and uh, lazy and um, unable to take the necessary risks and hardships, and decadent, if you will, and that um, the, the martial warrior spirit of the, of the Japanese would triumph over this. Um, Yamamoto was under no such illusions. Neither was his colleague Nagumo, um, who led the task force against Pearl Harbor. In 1940, the Japanese uh, had marched into French Indochina. Um, they had placed uh, immense pressure 
on Vichy France to uh, allow Japanese troops to occupy at least part of the Indo-Chinese uh, colony. One of the reasons why they were keen, the Japanese were keen to uh, seize Indochina, is that it was, firstly, uh, an ideal route into China itself that they could cut off and prevent supplies um, from uh, nationalist uh, and um, Chinese diasporas um, into China uh, to aid uh, Chiang Kai-shek's resistance to Japanese uh, conquest. Burma would also be a way of Japan plugging the um, uh, plugging the flow of uh, equipment and munitions uh, into uh, China uh, as well. But also, the Japanese were rather keen on seizing a deep water bay at Kamran, uh, from which most of the Japanese naval offensives uh, and amphibious landings against Malaya and Singapore uh, were launched. The scale of ambition um, of Japan's generals of seizing territory from Burma all the way to uh, a few hundred miles off the tip of Australia, from the Aleutian Islands all the way down to the mid-Pacific, um, was partly due to a kind of like a, an ambition arms race between two services. The um, Japanese army um, were hoping that perhaps uh, the uh, uh, government would not commit them to an invasion of the Philippines. However, um, Japan's naval commanders convinced the army um, that there was going to be no way around it and that uh, the Philippines, an American protectorate, would have to be conquered because otherwise it would be a staging post for um, a strike back uh, against the Japanese Empire. So the the different ambitions of the different services uh, of the uh, Japanese Empire and the uh, different strategic priorities all based around the conquest of China meant that there could be virtually no part of Southeast Asia that was uh, off the table. And so in order to solve the China problem, the, uh, the scale of operations had to grow and grow and grow. Of course, uh, any empire that grows at such an exponentially rapid rate is, over, is at risk of dramatic overstretch. And by, you, by the time you get to 1944 and Japan's final uh, battles with um, the British and the Indian Army on the borders of India, you start to really see uh, this uh, empire under serious strain and with uh, pretty catastrophic results for the Japanese in the end. The planners in Tokyo set about devising uh, a series of what they called swift thrusts that would uh, overrun weak defences in Malaya, Burma, the Philippines and the Dutch East Indies. And they were right in assuming that the defences, particularly in Malaya and Burma, were very weak. Um, if you read uh, Forgotten Armies uh, by uh, Tim Harper and Christopher Bailey, one of the points they make there is that the uh, level of effort and investment gone into defending Malaya was fairly weak. Um, the British saw these parts of the world as useful for generating lots of uh, income um, from things like rubber and opium as well. 
Um, however, um, the uh, ability of uh, an overstretched British Empire to adequately pay for their defences and the, the lack of um, efficient and highly talented imperial administrators and soldiers, an entire generation of whom who died at the Battle of the Somme, meant that um, the uh, lowest calibre of imperial administrator uh, managed to prevail by default. Um, the, the Japanese assumption that the British had become decadent and weak wasn't wildly far of the mark. Japan's militarists, uh, writes Max Hastings, um, the calcul- their calculations were mired in uh, conceit and fatalism, uh, a belief in shikata ga nai, it cannot be helped, is the translation, an ignorance of the world outside Asia. Uh, um, shikata ga nai really means that, well, war is coming whether one would like it or not, so you might as well get on with it and, and, and win it. Uh, Japan's soldiers would prove them to prove themselves to be some of the toughest and most durable soldiers uh, of the war, and had a, a deep sense of duty and a, a willingness to sacrifice, not just sacrifice their lives, but to live in immense hardship um, in order to uh, see victory through. But they seem to have been aided far more so by the weaknesses and the mistakes of their um, opponents. Just as uh, Britain's war in uh, Europe against Hitler um, ranges in 1940 from the farcical to the tragic with occasional moments of heroism, so the war against the Japanese in Asia in 1941 and 1942 um, has a similar kind of quality uh, about it, um, uh, inept leadership particularly when you look at the fall of Singapore and the uh, terrible decisions made by General Percival. But the assumption that uh, guided the Japanese particularly was that America would eventually give up the fight in Asia. And this had to happen because Japanese industry just could not outproduce the United States. It it didn't have the scientific base to do so and it didn't have the economy to, to do so. Um, and Germany and Japan, unlike Britain and America, never uh, coordinated their activities in any meaningful way. Um, and they had uh, little common ground and little kind of interest and few shared values, other than a desire to see um, the Allied powers defeated. Yamamoto's hope was that uh, a raid on Pearl Harbor would destroy the uh, US Pacific Fleet and most importantly the US Pacific Fleet's aircraft carriers and that um, the destruction of that and the fuel dumps on Pearl Harbor would make an eventual uh, invasion of Hawaii inevitable. This and perhaps even um, bombing raids on the west coast of America would make Americans um, realise that the Pacific was unconquerable uh, and had fallen into a Japanese sphere of influence uh, and convinced Americans that it was more important to uh, give up and come to some kind of sensible peace arrangement. The point at which this idea falls down is um, mass production. 
the US Navy um, would be able to replace any losses uh, very, very quickly and to bring a war far beyond the scope of anything Japan could possibly cope with. The problem at Pearl Harbor, as we shall see, was that the four carriers of the US Pacific Fleet aren't there. And the Pacific War, fought over huge distances, would be a, a carrier war, not a battleship war. It may have been wiser for the Axis powers to have co coordinated their war against Stalin, being as the Japanese had fought um, a border war against Stalin in late 1939, well, late summer 1939, at Kalkin uh, and had a um, war been fought by both Japan and uh, Nazi Germany in 1941 at the same time. Stalin would not have been able to release his Siberian divisions and Moscow would have fallen. And the principal reason why the US and Britain agreed on a Germany-first policy was that the successes of Japan in the Pacific and in Southeast Asia were all, in the eyes of Churchill and Roosevelt, temporary. Hor horrifying and shameful, yes, but temporary. And they could certainly be easily reversed once Hitler was defeated. But the ability of Hitler to cause chaos in Europe, North Africa uh, and the Middle East um, for a certain period of time in 1941 places, uh, in 1942, places almost unbearable strains on Britain's ability to keep the British Empire uh, functioning. Um, okay, so we're going to talk more about um, Japan, uh, quite a considerable amount more, in the next few podcasts. Uh, but thanks for listening, and we'll be doing a little bit more on uh, Italy and the Treaty of Versailles uh, later today. Uh, as uh, you all know, um, we're funded through a little trickle of ad revenue and the kindness and largesse of our patrons. So if you can check out our Patreon page and sponsor the Explaining History podcast, we can keep going and I'll be very grateful. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.